0: You're not late. You're early. You're three three minutes and 50 seconds early.
1: you know, I saw people were hanging out and waiting, so.
0: That's very rude of you, Smithy.
1: Be hating on my skis there, Gendra. Get those those big foot ass feet out of frame. I was anxious to get it it going, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it makes me always look late, even though I don't normally am.
1: How are we feeling now that we have survived
0: the COVID? We are feeling uh, much better than we were. Um, we insist on referring to us as "we."
1: Nice.
0: <laughs> um, I have all my taste back. Nice. Uh, I have about fifty percent. You got lucky, then. Yeah, I only lost taste for less than a week, but the and it was only certain things. Um, but my sinuses are still jacked up and the my sense of smell is very peculiar um i feel like i lost i mean for lack of a better word 50 percent of my smell yeah but i started smelling things that like i don't normally smell and like my my employer's wife was there today and i had been around her all morning and then like right around like one in the afternoon she like stood next to me i was like oh you smell really nice today she goes this is the same thing i wear every day for the past like six months and i was like well i've never smelled it so i don't know and everyone's always like oh you're a smoker you can't smell anything that is not true um i'm sure it is diminished to some degree it's got to be but i usually smell everything so mm-hmm. i don't know like what's going on with my head right now
1: um it does goofy stuff man Mm-hmm. yeah that it
0: does so what did i miss so far
1: uh nothing i was just talking about how i started getting the ackee set up together
0: excellent is there a is there a delivery date
1: uh no not yet um i went and bought so i'm doing like a sand topsoil mix and i've got some bigger terracotta pots and broke those up got some flat flat rocks that my parents had floating around on their property Uh, over by the the smith farm shed yeah so i went and got those and had a piece of like driftwood looking stuff that i put in there but i want to add a little more i want to fill it out a little more with some more more wood or bark or something awesome but uh i got a bill was had an extra pro soul at his place so he sent it down to me and so that's what i'm i got that locked in there today and good excellent so we're in business Nice. Now I just need to finish it, let it dry out some more, because that soil of course in the bag is like
0: super humid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so. so let me ask you, did you uh, you did not mix the sand in yet, right? I mixed, yeah, together I mixed them both. Uh, okay, what I was gonna say is if it was still just the topsoil, then you could lay that out on like a cookie sheet, yeah. put that, that pro solar on there and just bake it, you know. And then, like, fluff it every couple of hours. Like, when, when you come home from work, fluff it before you go to bed, fluff it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. But that sounds great, bro. It sounds like you're going to have a, a honestly, a fantastic setup. Um, but just a, a tip that I discovered on my own, and I could be crazy. People might like call, call me crazy. But um, when I was breaking up rock and slate and shale for the Cerastes, I had an old towel that was like, you know, dry my dog off towel. Mm-hmm and it already had, like, tears and holes and was, like, fraying on the sides. So I went up taking these pieces that I originally got these stones from. Um... So, all right, let me rewind. I go to the nature centers, not uh, nature centers, nurseries, excuse me, nurseries, mm-hmm. and uh, they have these mounds of stone. Yeah. And they're huge. Like and like, hardscapes. Yeah, hard- yeah, hardcore hardcore hardscape stuff. And uh, what I'll do is there's always fragments, like, just... Bits and pieces. I mean stuff as small as the you know the eraser and a pencil to as big as a laptop, right? And I'll take like as much as I can carry in my hands and I'll go up to the front and I'll be like, hey guys, I'm 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 doing a a, a snake enclosure. How much can we can I pay for this by the pound? And like half the time they're like, dude, it's it's crumbs, just take it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've got a lot of cool stuff that way, but a couple of those big pieces, um, I take the uh, old dog towel. And I'll tie it up and I'll take it and I'll whack it on concrete. Mm-hmm. And because if you use like a hammer or a mallet, you get the impact marks of that instrument, right? And at the same time, the, sh- the, the shards and, and the, the uh, shrapnel is going to fly in every direction. Yeah. Whereas if you take your towel and you're smacking it on concrete, it's going to crack um, more ornately. And your your shrapnel doesn't fly everywhere because the towel's containing it. The only thing is though, you can only do it a handful of times because it's so sharp it, it makes holes in the towel. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're you're leaking you're leaking rocklets everywhere. Yeah. So, I found that I, I, I like doing that a lot.
1: Yeah, I still need to put a small water bowl in there. I need to probably get a dubia roach colony started again. Sweet. Um, I'm not particularly excited about the dubia thing, honestly. I know they're they're not right. difficult. They're just I don't know.
0: I'm not a roach guy. Oh, ooh, that's the worst. And
1: that's, yeah. So yeah, yeah. not particularly stoked about that, but um, I'm hoping Alan can send me some, some roaches with them, like just to start a starter colony or something. Sure. Are they taking um, crickets at all or no? Uh, I'm sure they are. Okay. okay. And I have plenty of access to those here. So
0: nice. Good. Uh, how big's the enclosure?
1: Uh, it's 200 quarts so it's about 50 gallons
0: sweet good stuff it's a tub with a portal or
1: yeah yeah i've got literally i'm staring at two four like six python portals that i don't use that are just stacked in my garage right now and nice today was the day i was like you know i already got it why not that'll work until they're they're old enough for me to bump them up into something more serious from black box cool which is the plan like, when they get to adult size, I may go all out and do the six-footer or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll see. But I definitely want to fill it out a little more, utilize as much of the space as possible, especially the inside, you know, that that space efficiency that we're always talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, making sure I'm taking full advantage of that. So.
0: Yeah, maximizing the highest volume of surface area. Yes. Yeah. Um, I did not promote tonight. I did not talk to anyone about tonight because Facebook and Instagram had been Yeah, they, they struggled today. So I mean, did anybody know what they were doing? Was it just like maintenance or something?
1: I don't know. So they had that whole whistleblower thing happen where this lady went on 60 Minutes and basically said like, yeah, Facebook's purposefully making everybody angry. Which is ah. just confirming our suspicions anyways, but then somehow coincidentally, whether you want to think it is or isn't, Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp all went down down like completely for the
0: better part of the day, so.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I definitely saw a lot of good memes, like the memes that made it through today's nonsense on of social media. They, they were pretty entertaining. Um I couldn't refresh a feed, I couldn't get. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, all my is, messages went down and everything. Crazy. Is I've been meaning to ask, anybody else who has an iPhone My iPhone was acting weird today too. And like, I'd use a voice dictation a lot just because like I'm at work and like I'm walking while I'm doing stuff. I don't have the time to necessarily stop and like bang out a paragraph. So like I'll articulate, you know, comma, full stop, exclamation point, whatever I got to do. And while I'm like walking from like point A to point B at work and it wasn't, that wasn't working. Uh, the, uh, it wouldn't let me switch between like numbers and symbols and stuff. It was really weird. And, and my email was super spotty, too. So, I don't the know. Zuck,
1: if... Yeah, well, I wasn't sure. Like, our internet here has been acting up lately. Like, more yeah. so than it was before. So, maybe Zuck's reach goes far beyond just Facebook, and he literally controls the entire, like, internet.
0: Well, see, what I was thinking and, is uh, me just taking my tinfoil hat off for a minute. I was thinking that if, if, if the, the Zuck apps are doing maintenance or service and they're all doing it at the same time, it would make sense that internet providers would also do it at the same time because people are not using it. You know, there's probably the least amount of bandwidth in the country ever. Yeah. I heard that. I heard that on a, I saw that on Instagram. Someone was like, there's a solar flare. Then I saw something else about some volcano erupting and the ash is going to kill us all, so Facebook's yeah, just going to no, let us die.
1: No, it's whatever. either that or anything we breathe, eat, or drink is going to give us cancer. So, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy your time while you have it. Before. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Go lick a 5G tower.
1: <laughs> Other oh, uh, good news is the magazine is pretty much done. I just got to finish the cover. I got to finish... Uh, the black box ad, and then I will send it to you and we can read it over and get it out.
0: So excellent. Excellent. And then, been uh,
1: a, been a little, little hectic on that, that front. It's,
0: it's been uh, an interesting month.
1: Just motivation wise. And hadn't, hadn't had a whole lot, honestly, but I had a, uh, okay. had a psych appointment today and we're looking into why that might be the case. And okay. we'll, we'll, we'll see. Good. See, I, there's a possibility that I have ADD or ADHD, which would not surprise me in the least. But I got a test I, to take.
0: I think that and, I, I think uh, that that's that's pretty good that you have a a subtle case of it, sir. I don't know if it's all that subtle, but <laughs> look, I've i I've, I've I've spent copious amounts of time with you in person. I would say it's fairly subtle. You know, what I mean, you're not you're not sitting at the at the table in the restaurant organizing the salt shakers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Uh, so, apparently, uh, my, my lovely girlfriend says that there's also an asteroid as big as our planet heading oh, towards us. yeah. What else is yeah. new?
1: Maybe Bruce Willis and the boys will hop on a rocket and go and blow it up so it splits in half and goes around
0: us. Anna Marie and I were actually just talking about how his daughter has aged beautifully, and she's still an attractive woman.
1: <laughs> He's got, like, five. Which one?
0: Uh, what's her name? Lit uh, Liv?
1: Oh, Steven Tyler's daughter? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you meant Bruce Willis. Oh,
0: sorry. Yeah, I, I, I immediately went to Aerosmith. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Anytime I hear uh, about asteroids, I just immediately think of Aerosmith. <laughs> and him with the same mic stand on the asteroid.
1: Yep. <laughs> He's steering uh, it with the mic.
0: Anna Maria says that it's not landing for another 10 years. Don't worry.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, man. What are you smoking on tonight? So... I went into the humidor and I wanted to find something that was lighter, just to kind of see how much pep in my step I can get. Um, and I, I was like, you know what? I have all these Churchill Habano Cohibas that are that are from Cuba. Uh, the, I know the guy who physically bought in Cuba. Um, they're not a giant Churchill. I mean, they're fairly yeah. fairly good, but it's got a hole in it. Mm. and i was like son of a bitch like a clean hole like a clean hole and i was Ooh. like son of a bitch so i literally like oh om- i didn't dump it out of my bed but i almost dumped the whole humor i started pulling out every stick i had that's in there that wasn't wrapped in cellophane and there's i did not find any other holes so i'm they wondering it could have if- just
1: been one that got in there and died. yeah and, that it, so. and that's
0: that's honestly what i'm thinking i'm thinking it was probably there for years Because, I mean, I've had these for at least three years um, since he gave them to me. Mm -hmm. And I've got like six of them. So if there was bugs, you know.
1: Yeah, so we're talking about tobacco beetles, which I think we have mentioned previously. But if you ever go into a cigar shop and you notice perfectly drilled, like it looks like someone took the smallest drill bit possible and drilled perfectly pristine little holes into your cigar, that's tobacco beetles.
0: I don't know if you guys, can you guys see that okay?
1: Yeah, they will absolutely destroy... A box of cigars, if the temperatures are right, typically above, like, 75, I think, is when they really start to thrive. So, those things are a real pain. Fortunately, I've only seen, we've only ever had, I think, one box where I noticed any serious amount of, of tobacco beetles. Other than that, I haven't seen any since. So, it's not it's not very common. I don't think it's nearly as common as it used to be. But yeah. Yeah.
0: I would agree I um actually I just took the band off because I wanted to see if there was any markers on the band um, you know like a, a proof mark from you know Nicaragua saying it's fake or something yeah but uh, but no these, these are real. this is a, a real one so
1: oh, speaking of bands, so I got this big old buffalo trace bottle, right oh yeah, and I figured what I would do is fill it up with bands like completely. And then any per, like we can do kind of like what they do with the staff thing at, at Daytona where we raffle it off, like auction it off. That money goes to ASF uh, or somebody else, whoever we decide. Cool. That whoever get like wins it, then signs it, and then the following year it gets auctioned off to the next person, and the next person, and the next person. I love it until it can't be filled no more. So it's
0: fantastic.
1: Um, I'm on my way with getting bands in there. So.
0: Nice. Are you putting also, every, every band in there, or just yeah, the ones you no, smoke? Ev-
1: okay. Well, every... I mean, all the ones I smoke, yeah. So... Yeah.
0: Alright, cool. Um,
1: I also thought about se- seeing if we could send it to Adeline and maybe have her paint on it, but then you gotta paint over the label and stuff, and I don't know that we should... Like... Yeah. If people are gonna be signing it and stuff, it's probably best that it's just as is, so...
0: Yeah, I w- I'd probably even be. Uh, what are you smoking tonight? So we got in these
1: new garcia and garcia my father's so this is a 30 my father we're gonna see justin
0: spent a big money on a cigar we're crazy. gonna
1: see if it's worth 30 um i'm trying not to be biased i haven't gone and looked at any reviews or anything with my discount it's not 30 it's it's considerably cheaper so i figured i'd try one out i've my, one of the other guys that works at the shop Said he, he read on them and, you know, reviews were were pretty meh. So, you um, know what I was going to do is I was going to talk about pairings and how to get the most out of it. Like, I, let's had, do it. I had some almonds, I had some dark chocolate, and, of course, my, my fat ass ate both of them
0: long before the show. What, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? You made it to the ride home. Oh, my gosh. You're supposed to buy two. So you can have them on the ride home and then still have them for the show.
1: I well, it's like I can just tell people. They don't, I don't have to see it. I don't have to be sitting here eating almonds and dark chocolate for me to just basically tell you, like, oh, yeah, that makes it taste better. You got to use um, unsalted raw almonds. Well, not raw because they're poisonous, but, like, unsalted almonds. Like, you can get the store, get them at Walgreens in a little, little packet for, like, a dollar. And then just dark chocolate of any kind, be it Dove, whatever. Um
0: Vic says that I should smoke the Beatles. Um, I have seen someone do that. And
1: makes it it sound like a little one of those little poppers that you throw
0: on the ground. Exactly. It sounded like there were pop rocks in his cigar. Yeah. Adds Uh, flavor. I will say this. I just toasted this cubano, and it maybe it's I don't know if it's my post COVID fucked up sinuses, but it smells so good. It smells like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It smells like uh, like a seasoned toasted bread. It smells so good, so here we go. Uh, by the way, did we talk about our wonderful sponsors? Uh, we have not yet. Ah, and they're here. Because
1: actually, ar- this is episode 93 of Snakes and Stogies, which is brought to you by puget sound pythons up in the corner above the red chair here facebook instagram youtube when the two of those three are working please check them out um give them a follow they're doing cool stuff they're good people happy to call them friends happy to call everyone that's in the chat friends anybody who's listening you know All right, so I did a cold draw. If you ever see any cigar reviews and they talk about a cold draw, that is them drawing it as if it were lit, but it's not. So you usually do get some flavors out of there that you won't get when it's lit. Um, This one tasted like honeycomb cereal without any milk, like dry honeycomb cereal.
0: Nice. Tastes
1: just like that honeycomb. Maybe a little bit of like like a tea, like an unsweet tea a tea leaf sort of flavor, maybe a little bit of hay. Okay. Definitely that, that honeycomb cereal though. And then what Phil was talking about with toasting is basically you don't want to, when you're lighting a cigar, you don't want to throw the, the cigar right into the actual like blue part of the flame. You just want the heat from the top of that to slowly sort of toast and, and, Get that that foot of the the cigar sort of going like right now. I don't think y'all can see it, but cigar isn't even anywhere close to the blue of that flame. I'm about to actually light my my my, my headphone set on fire. That's Don't do that. That, that would be bad. No bueno. And the hey. point is the point is to get it lit and burning at the lowest possible temperature because you want the best flavors out of it.
0: Very true. Come on. Brennan's in the group, and now we got Eric Hernandez too. Yeah, Randy, what's going on, bud?
1: So usually, if I'm smoking something new, I will light it with matches, or I will light it with a cedar spill, uh, just a little strip of cedar or something that burns a little cooler, soft flame more or less. Just because you do get a little, you do get more flavor out of it out of a softer flame. Torches burn crazy hot. Um, your standard match does not.
0: So. Well. Either this cigar was rolled like shit, or that little, possible. that little weevil in there destroyed something in the core, because it is incredibly hard to draw, and um, it does not, the smoke is almost untastable to me right now, but the cap tastes really gross, hmm. like, like gross, like almost like rotten. So, uh, I'm going to let it chill for a minute, and then I'll f- probably fire it back up again, and I and, may have to abort.
1: And I'm jumping on this grenade for you people. I'm smoking the $30 <laughs> cigars so that you don't have to, so I can tell you not to waste your money.
0: <laughs> That's very true. A gentleman. A gentleman.
1: Price has no bearing on if something's good or not. Yeah. this is something new i haven't had it yet i was actually specifically waiting for a show and i let these sit a little while on the shelf before i bought one and smoked one because i do find that if you buy one and open up a fresh box like pull the plastic off and open it up they usually taste a little off at first they need a need a couple days uh typically yeah. i try to give them at least a week or so to really sort of air out some and and off gas and uh yeah settle so sure uh
0: Bill Bradley's talking about with pipes, uh, definitely, definitely a bit of a technique, and he's referring to using match and lighting the actual pipe, so that you're not scorching what you're trying to enjoy. Um, and I think we definitely need to have some pipe action in the near future. We'll definitely we're gonna get we have to get Bill on for that. I mean, I I don't I mean he's one of the biggest mm-hmm. pipe guys that that we know. Um, but <clears throat> just bringing up pipes. The more I think about that cigar, and this is—it's got to be—it's got to be a combination of the cigar being rolled shitty and my COVID oh, yeah. sinuses. It's,
1: it's a Cuban man. It's a Cuban, Sorry, right?
0: Man. Right. Um, that's that rolling is it,
1: not their forte.
0: Yes, and how I said that it tasted almost rotten. It tastes anybody who has had overly dried out pipe tobacco, and it's like stale, fake, it's stale sweetener. Like it's, st-
2: it's yeah. It's,
0: yeah that's what it tastes like so it may just be an old cigar i mean who the hell knows when this thing was freaking rolled you know it could have been rolled in 76 for all i know
1: i thing is actually surprisingly sweet
0: uh like they did a subtle uh no
1: no no it, it's just naturally sweet i haven't looked up the blend because yeah. i didn't want to yeah they want to spoil anything i wanted to right. you didn't yeah. want to
0: stumble across their notes i didn't want
1: confirmation bias yeah, I exactly. An unperforated opinion yeah. of my own.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: This is interesting off
0: the bat, though. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about tobacco. Now I forgot. I lost my train of thought. Um. Oh, uh, so I've noticed that a lot of the guys and gals in our group, uh, they're switching to. A Pelican case or a storm case or a, a plastic airtight container, a hard shell container, much like you'd use for uh, storing a camera or, you know, f- flying on an airplane with valuables. You put it in this hard shelled foam, right? Like case, an honor box
1: or something like an, like an otter box.
0: Or something. Right. Um, they're switching to those as a humidor. And most of you who have listened to the show for a while know that I put I switch all my humidors to those um pelican brand exclusively because I'm a snob and I like it. Um but I did notice that I got infinitely more plumage on the cases that I didn't burp frequently. And by frequently I mean at least maybe once if not twice a month. I'm not doing it every day. Um but there was a couple of cases that I just left and I hadn't opened for weeks on weeks and weeks and there was definitively more plumage than than usual for me. Um, but I also noticed that I started – I don't know if this was subconscious. I started getting more cigars in cellophane and keeping them in the cellophane while in the past I used to take them out of the cellophane, let them air. Mm-hmm. Um, I think me personally, if if you're going to exclusively use the Pelican style cases and not burp them regularly, it might be a great idea to keep your cellophane uh, just so that it's not directly It's exposed. another layer of protection. Right.
1: Right. I mean it is it is permeable. Mm-hmm. It is breathable because it is right. cellophane, so it does it does exchange like air can pass through it. yeah um, even but if it you is just another layer crack. of protection.
0: Yeah, even if you just crack the end and open just the end, it's still better than it making full contact with another yeah. naked exactly. stick next to it. so Just yeah. a, a minute observation of mine. Because I
1: have all those pelicans. Well, so. this, yeah, I mean that's like that just speaks to the the sealability of those things. You know, with with most yeah. wooden humidors, you at least get some exchange. You know, because right. especially if it's one with all the windows and stuff on it, I guarantee you there's a leak yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, be it around the hygrometer, be it around the windows, whatever. Um, which is why I like solid top humidors now. Mine's acrylic, mm-hmm. so like in it it seals with magnets. So yeah, that's different, but, um, you know, if you're aging cigars, definitely do like a cedar humidor. If you're not realistically a Tupperware, a small cooler, a Pelican case, whatever that's going to do, you know, and the whole aging cigars thing that, you know, not all cigars are meant to be aged kind of like wines. Not all wines are meant to sit on a shelf for a billion years until it gets drunk. Um, Cigars are, are really no different. I mean, yeah, it is nice to to sit on some for a while and let them mellow out. Especially some of the, sort of the, I mean, some of the darker stuff might be a little more bitter. Um, the really oily stuff, but for the most part, I mean, they do. I think well, who was it was Trey? I think in the in the group was smoking like a Monte Cristo from like the seventies or something, and I really, really wondered how that had any flavor left in it because you think about it, the oils and stuff eventually disappear. And that's a big contributor to the flavors and stuff. So it's from what I've been told and what I've read five years is, is about sort of the, the max you want to really be aging stuff. I mean, I'm sure you can go later if you want to with something like an Opus X, it would probably actually do it a lot of justice. Um, But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that it's like, I'm, I'm here to smoke them not sit and stare at them and tell myself no constantly. But yeah, yeah, unless it's something limited, unless it's something rare, even then, it's like you can't sit on it forever. You gotta, you gotta smoke it. So,
0: sure. I don't know. The uh, one thing that I've, I've wanted to try, and I, I, haven't. I'm sure I could just go on Amazon and buy one. I mean, I don't, I don't actively pursue it, but uh, there are those uh, plexi or just clear plastic cylinders that you keep sugar or flour in, and it has little gasket top. Yeah. And, no. And it has the metal latch. Do you remember, I don't know if it was, it's not, it reminds me of the barbershop when they keep the barbersaw with the combs, but it's not. It's, you lift the lid, and there's a stem with a plate, and, like, it would be, like, Twizzlers or candy. or something, yeah. Yeah, and when when they come out, they they come like this, Mm -hmm. and you can slide a a candy out or whatever. I wanted to get one of those and put a boba to pack at the bottom. Yeah. So it's out of the way, and then just lower it down. I thought that could be kind of fun to do that Especially if I had, like, a, a, a study or something,
2: you know? As long as
1: it's got a good seal on it, yeah, go for it. Yeah. That's it. the big thing, is just keeping the humidity in, you know? Yeah.
2: hmm
1: And then it's going to depend on what part of the country you're in. So, down here, where me and Phil are, humidity is pretty much never an issue, even during the winter. Um, up north, it's a little tougher. Out west, it's a little tougher. Um, You know, just... It's going to depend on your levels of humidity where you're at, altitude. I think too is going to play a factor, and you know some some people need a little more humidification in their humidors, some people don't. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have guys come in all the time, and they're like, "Oh, my humidor is reading sixty eight percent. I don't know what to do." I'm like, "Dude, it's fine." Yeah, your humidor or your hygrometer is probably wrong. A and B, it's like I don't even monitor my humidor humidity at all. Honestly, it's I never have an issue with cigars being cracked or dry. Or, and honestly, I'd rather them be a little on the drier side than too, too moist. Cause a cigar that's too humid is a real pain in the ass to smoke. Cause you have to relight it constantly and it's constantly going out and usually they burn a little funny. Yeah. Um, I just, I'd prefer a drier cigar. I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. The, uh, my bedroom is a ambient 32% humidity. Um, just because we keep the air conditioner on all the time because it's South Florida. Um, and when I had, I switched from the wood, the cedar to, uh, the Pelican cases because I was, I was seasoning and seasoning and seasoning and the, it just wouldn't hold humidity. It just wouldn't. And and they weren't cheap humidors either. There were multiple hundred dollar, mm-hmm. nice, nice boxes. Um. And it and I had I had two I had one that was glass top and one that was uh, completely sealed no no external dial or anything and they just they just didn't hold for me um, so that's why I switched them now I keep the one that didn't have glass I keep the pipe tobacco in that because um, that uh, for me that can be a little drier but I was getting really dry sticks believe it or not so yeah I think you just gotta feather what you got you just gotta just trial and error um, all of us that keep reptiles all have one of those little ExoTerra digital hygrometers with the little LCD screen with the stick-on Velcro and the cord, little uh, uh, probe, I throw one of those in there, you know, and it always stays, for me, it, it stays between 68 and 72 on average, and I get to packs that are 72%, and I throw one pack in, and it just stays, so... Yeah, Dan Colgan says that you know he uses Pelicans for all of his. They're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. On brands like Pelican and Storm, uh, they have an auto-pressure gasket. So let's say you're a photographer and you have your DSLR in one of these Pelicans and you fly on an airplane, right? Well, you may check that. You may put that small Pelican in your check bag. It goes up in the airplane it's in the belly of the bird and it's it, it's pressurized well now when you land you can't open the friggin' thing because it's sealed literally airtight yeah well, that pressure valve is auto it's, however it's made i don't know it's auto-regulated so it allows you to open the case without having to it equalizes the pressure for you essentially um there are other cases uh, that are cheaper and more expensive that have a hand movable dial uh you basically Turn the dial and close it like it's a screw you just turn it that seals it off and then you can open it to release the pressure um if you're going to keep in those i like to just keep it open to let the air flow now you may notice that it's losing a lot more humidity but at least you're having air exchange unlike the one like i have where mm-hmm. i constantly have to burp it so you know, trial and error t- test the waters yeah. dip your toe in
1: So I decided to do something a little different this week, and I am going to start doing this, like, each week now. And I'm going to do a cigar question of the week and a herb question of the week in the Snakes and Soggies group on Facebook.
0: Love it. Love it. Uh,
1: So the cigar question of the week to start off is, if you could buy a box of any one cigar right now, what would it be?
0: That's tough, man. That's real. Neither tough.
1: of us answered because I figured we'd we'd answer here. So. Yeah, that's that's I saw it on
0: Facebook. That that was one of the two posts that I could see today. Uh, um you want to go first or no? You want me to go first?
1: Uh yeah, I'll go first. Go for it.
0: Um so
1: the new I talked about it last week, but that new La Roma de Cuba Pasión is quickly becoming a, a personal favorite. Um, I really think that that's that. I hope that cigar gets uh, cigar of the year because it's it's really good. Um, so right now, if I could buy a box of those, I would in a heartbeat. Runner up would be the warped uh, corto. I've talked about that one a lot. That's one that I would that I really like. Nice little peppery, just bomb. Um, and then Roma Neanderthals, the HNs all day long. Nice,
0: good, good choices. Um, I would say, I want to say Liga Bravado number nine in a Toro, because that's like that's just my jam. Um, I have a good handful of them, and I kind of like the, I like the ability that like I just go and I buy one or two, and then I add it to the box, and I buy one or two and I or three, and I add it to the box. Um, it's like a, it's like the hunt for me, you know? Uh, but if I had the opportunity to just buy a box of anything and no money, right? I'm going to buy those Novas, the Nova Platinum.
1: And the Platties.
0: Yeah. yeah, the Nova Platy, because the thing is such a damn good smoke. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's COVID and materials it whatever, it's been harder for me to find them. Uh, my one store that was the place I was getting them all from, they stopped carrying them. Uh, and now I have to find, I have to, I have to go elsewhere to seek out other sticks, but those Nova Platinums are just too damn delicious. And after that, I would say, honestly, uh, 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 Neanderthal mm-hmm. because I just can't get them, you know? So, uh,
1: so we had a couple people answer Vic of, uh, J he's in the chat. Uh, he said Macanudo's and my father's the judge. Nice, the judge which I do so the judge I'm not crazy about in the bigger gauges but in a corona that is a fantastic blend that's just a personal preference because we sell a ton of them in any of the sizes the judges always sell really fast for us um, so I mean they are popular or something to them um, just personally for me like in those bigger gauges they don't they don't do much for me um, but the corona is a banger so uh, Thomas Irvin said Crow Magnans from craft. Uh, he was smoking anthropology the other day. That's one of my favorite sizes. Like I'm, I'm convinced the Coronas and Toros and any of the stuff from them is, is where it's at. That's where those blends seem to work the best. Dan Fox uh, posted a picture of a Cuatro Cinco, which is from Hoya de Nicaragua, which is a Drew Estate brand. Uh, those are also really good. I haven't had one in a very long time, but that is easily one of Drew Estate's best as far as their portfolio goes. Elijah Day said Perdomo 20th anniversary Maduro. I haven't had a Maduro in that in a very long time either. We, we've only carried the Maduros of those kind of infrequently over the years. Uh, Hendog said Trinidad Fundadores. I haven't had those. I haven't had any of the Trinidads. Um, Marcus said Monte Cristo number two. Jeremy Carroll said Candy Cigars. Fair <laughs> nice. Um, and then Jeff mentioned Chaffeo or Chaffiot collection. Like he said that he's heard good things about them and every purchase helps save lives from uh, human trafficking. So oh, nice. I haven't heard of that brand. I'm going to check into that and, and see if I can get my hands on some of their stuff and try it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, hard to narrow down to just one box. But
0: And everyone, in my opinion, everyone picked top notch stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, herb question of the week was, would you rather have more of an easier species to keep or fewer of a more challenging one? And I guess before we give our answers, I'll read there some of the ones that people dropped. Yeah. Because I feel like that's kind of a that'll be a lengthy one on our part, at least a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, So a lot of people said fewer of the more challenging species. Uh, Vic said uh, having Fewer of the more challenging species makes you more focused on caring for their needs as opposed to having a huge collection of easier species and neglecting them all. Miguel Villa Villa. He might pronounce it Villa. I don't know if you pronounce it V or not, but uh, he said fewer for sure. I think we are at 12 snakes or so. And I've been thinking about letting a few go. Uh, Andrew Keith said, I also chose having fewer overall specimens in favor of keeping <coughs> more challenging ones. I have a big interest in most all herps, but I'm finding my little corner and narrowing my focus. Having 30 snakes doesn't do as much for me as having 10 that require more attention, work and increasing levels of skill and knowledge. Not to mention the fewer I keep, the better I can keep them as far as caging size, furniture, etc. Stephen Poole said fewer of the more challenging species. I like the engagement. It requires focus and satisfaction. You get from moving past the hurdles. It becomes rewarding. Thomas Irvin said fewer animals with better setups. Uh, Ewan Edwards, who's in Australia, said work harder and have more of all. Dan Colgan said easy. I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Dan coming in clutch. Uh, Randy said I like a challenge or I get bored, so he said fewer. Um, Travis Wyman, Doc Wyman said few but challenging. I would prefer to add to the net knowledge of, of the hobby and feel the best way to do that is by taking on the challenges, something less run of the mill, which I. Wholeheartedly
2: agree
0: with all very valid and great responses. Yeah, Drew, uh, I Drew see, also uh,
1: said fewer get more intimate with observations and records for feeding, breeding, larger enclosures, etc., as well. So.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a, a general a general consensus. Uh, I would say that the exception of Dan's, uh, quirkiness, everyone pretty much said the same thing, right?
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's a very I think challenge. A it does say a lot. It, well, at least this is a lot about our group, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I love their responses. Uh, I feel like this question is a extremely, I don't want to say it's vague, because I mean, let's be real—it kind of is, but it's vague in the sense that it comes down to everyone's individual taste, mm-hmm. and also comes down to what people consider right. difficult, right? So, like for me, I'm really not into chondros. I plan on having one eventually. I don't knock them. I think they're friggin' amazing animals. Uh, I commend all of my friends because let's they're be real. Bees. All my friends have conjures except for me. I think I'm the only one of my friends that doesn't. Um, but I would consider them more difficult than what I'm looking to do. But Justin may think, no, they're not difficult at all once you know what you're doing. Right? They're so, some of
1: the easiest snakes to keep, man.
0: Other people may argue that. Other people have argued that. So uh, before I go, what do you say?
1: Uh, I know I've talked about it on THP and I'm sure I've talked about it on here, but if I had to pick one, that's really tough. Cause I'm like, I'm kind of with Dan to where I do like the, the not having to think about things aspect of it. Um, call it laziness, call it whatever, but that's why my collection is corn snakes and then it's you know the jansen i and the other stuff that requires a little more finesse it's like i i like to have the best of both worlds where i have like the easy stuff like the bears and the corns where i can just breed them and really enjoy them and not have to worry about what happens if you know my True. male dies in a pair and now i can't find another really like with the jansen i if something happened to one of the jansen i finding another one that's really solid and not uh you know imported and already in rough shape and going to be a real challenge to get on the up and up. Um, I don't have that issue with the corns and the beards and stuff, you know? Yeah. So, but having said that, I do also need that stimulation of something that, that makes me have to stop and say, okay, something's off. Something needs to change. Like clearly whatever this small parameter is, that has to, that has to be finagled a little bit and changed. And, um, you know, breeding chondros, the, the incubation of the eggs and trying to get sort of the temperatures dialed in and where you want them. So you have the best success and then getting the babies going. Like there was, you get the peaks and valleys in that sense, especially with babies, you know, because there's the frustration of none of them eating right off the bat. But then there's that, just that high of getting them all to go. And then after that, they're all rock solid. And now it's like that sort of, you can take a breath and yeah. You know, big sigh of relief kind of thing. So I see both sides. As far as picking one or the other, for the fun aspect, I mean, both are fun. But the corns and beards and stuff—it's so nice to just have them and not not yeah. worry about them. And you know, when I, I've there's been times where I've had chondros that were, for whatever reason, went off food randomly, which is usually a sign of something that's not good. And I'm not talking about just males or something. Um, but it does sort of you lose a little bit of sleep over it. And right. I guess if you're in, if you, if you enjoy that sort of the medical aspect of things and you want to sort of change, uh, you want to learn those things and you want to be better at it. Like I, which I do, I do enjoy reading like the medical aspect of veterinary side of, of the hobby, even though I'm neither a tech nor a vet, obviously, but, um, I like knowing that stuff. You know, I like being able to handle issues on my own if possible. um, because I think that's a learning experience, you know, learning nebulizing gentamicin and stuff like that, and and uh, deworming and all that stuff. That's that's good good stuff to have in your your toolkit, you know, your mental mental toolbox. Hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: Um, I think that as cool as it would be, uh, and as cool as it would be to have, you know, a small handful of very difficult challenging unique species um the challenge of figuring things out and learning things is fascinating to me i'm constantly thirsty for knowledge i'm constantly thirsty for trying to be the best that i can with the species that i keep however i have had species that were very difficult and i don't want to say like i got cocky but i was like you know what i'm confident i could do this i could try this these people did this I'm going to do this and if it doesn't work I know this might work I'm going to try that and I failed and I either got rid of the animal whether it be giving it away or selling it or the animal passed away and at this point in the game I'm up for a challenge providing I can have the assistance from my peers whether it be physically or verbally or written whatever um Let's just – we'll use conjures because we're talking about them. Um, Let's pretend that conjures were super-duper difficult, right? Like Mm -hmm. way more – like they were harder than both. They
1: were 30 years ago.
0: Or harder, right? Um, And I said to myself, you know what? I really want to try it. I think I could do it. Um, I wouldn't do it if I didn't have you and Billy and whoever else who has conjures already and is successful that I could – pick your brain and and get some help because I I wouldn't want these animals to perish, right? So to me, I, I don't wanna say I would rather have a higher volume of easy species, but looking at it in that sense, I feel like almost all the species I keep are relatively easy and that makes my life easier. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that I can't augment their husbandry, right? Mm-hmm. Just because my Serastes literally lives in a bucket of sand and, and it's happy and content that does not mean that I cannot feather its temperature gradients and its light exposure and give it change up its enclosure constantly, switch rocks out, uh, uh, you know uh, mess with the, the pressure in the room however you want to do it there's no reason that there's nothing that says I can't do that and focus and and advance my own husbandry with a species that is easy because all I'm doing is making it better. Right. Yeah. So I almost want to say, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to play devil's advocate, but it's kind of falling in that realm that I would almost rather have a room full of easy stuff that I could make better because I don't have that worry of, Oh man, I didn't give it water today. It's going to, you know, it's going (laughs) to die tomorrow.
1: I can't change anything because it might
0: tip the scales, and right, exactly. Yeah. I can't. I can't look at it from the left mm-hmm. because it'll see me and just die. Yep. You know, it'll stop eating, and then it'll
1: never eat again, and it'll just yeah fall off the perch.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so to me, although people may consider uh, cobras and rattlesnakes, and uh, uh, I don't know, even carpets, right? They may consider them more challenging. They may consider them more exotic. When it comes down to brass tacks, they're all relatively easy species that Mm -hmm. lots of people keep. You know what I mean? Um, I think the hardest species I have right now are the baby pyros. And that's only because I can't get the female to eat. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I'm not too worried because I have friends that have them and have bred them. And if, if push comes to shove and I really got a problem, I'll just mail a thing to Chris you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And at least he can try, or he can, you know, work his magic, or maybe maybe the the elevation plays a factor. I don't know, but I'm also not too concerned because that female pyro that doesn't eat, hasn't lost a gram of weight because mm-hmm. it's a montane species and it may go the entire winter without eating and be perfectly fine. I have no idea. We're yeah. gonna, gonna find out. Um, but the male pyro, I'm honestly convinced that he thinks he's a corn snake. <laughs> Because he literally just eats anything I put in front of him, you know. I, if I leave live prey in with the female and she kills it but doesn't eat it, I'll just feed it to him. He's turning into a—he's a, turning disposal. into a a cocktail straw-sized garbage disposal. <laughs> so, which is fine, you know. Let him eat it, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that I personally would rather have a room full of easy stuff that I can enjoy not stress over but at the same time i can still advance the husbandry mm-hmm. and be the best keeper that i can be so i, I mean, think part maybe-
1: of it too is like age like as you get older you kind of don't feel like your your tolerance for bullshit gets smaller and smaller and you get to a point where you're like yeah i don't i don't feel like having to deal with baby chondros or baby anteresia or baby gray bands you know it's like i just yeah. horns are my retirement you know they're
0: just they're easy yeah I don't have
1: to – I don't have to stress.
0: But at the same time, now I can play Devil's Advocate because devil's I can say look at Keith Keith McPeak mm-hmm. where – Or Keith, Scott. you know, He's or, older, Or, or even – I wasn't going to say that. But look at <laughs> Keith McPeak where – and I'm not calling Keith old by any means. He's still young in this grand scheme of things. But you look at someone that has bred so much stuff yeah. and done really well with it. And now he's focusing in on he
1: knows what he he's figured out yes. over time that he's whittled, he's whittled it down to what he
0: knows he, he enjoys and likes. Correct. And it and it just so happens to be that like for the example, of the Bolins, he's focusing so hard on them because he's he's he has the veteranness about it. He has the experience that he can do mm-hmm. these things. Um, and and hopefully he will succeed. You know what I mean?
1: And I think that's that's a big part of it too. And that's sort of where my main issue lies with the, you know, all the anti rack people and stuff like that is sure, you know, there's a a lack of, I guess, context and perspective, I think, with a lot of it. Like you have to keep a pretty diverse uh spectrum of species and stuff over your perpeticultural time. Yeah. To really have an idea of whether or not you think racks are bad or Naturalistic are the way to go, and that's why I'm I'm the I'm I'm of the opinion like what do what works best for that species. Yeah, you know it's like condors do great in racks, condors do great in simple setups. Um, Soma like the jansen I not what I would do with them. Can it be done? Sure, I think Rob's done it in the past with no issues. But personally, I think those those need something that need uh need more space, and they need that that more naturalistic sort of setup with the live plants and some cork and multiple hides and yeah. more bigger, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, just, we just keep red tails in racks, but yeah. you had to do all the other Ganyo stuff. You had to have a nice water bowl. You had to have mm-hmm. good ventilation. You had to have fake plants in the drawer and you had to leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. But how am I enjoying that animal that way? You know what I mean? so yeah
1: no in that aspect that's i mean you're 100 percent right even having mine set up the way i have them i i really don't see mine often if i want to see them i have to go hunt them down and and look under the hides and stuff but
0: but but i feel yours is way better than a a little drawer for them
1: absolutely and i kept the mail in a a 32 cord for a while when he was still smaller and that was just because that was that that worked i had it packed with those fake ferns from walmart that we're always talking about i mean just absolutely stuffed um and that just worked out well because that species just requires that, but it's my, my issue is the people that have only kept, you know, 10 or less of sort of the bread and butter of the hobby telling me that me keeping chondros in Iraq is, is more or less animal abuse or, or yeah. something along those lines. It's like, it's bullshit. It's like, yeah, I, I have an issue with people who have never kept a species telling me how I should or should not keep that species. Yes. Um, you know, it just doesn't hold any any weight with me. But <clears throat> Scott brought up a good point as far as the challenging species of like um, Atheris hispida, and yeah, I, I, yeah. that's that's one of those species that's on the list of it will just never do well in captivity. That is not a species but, that is just meant for captivity. can it be done? Absolutely, but I think you. it's it's just on that it's on that list of like your average. I won't even necessarily say average, but most of your your Herpeticulturists will not fare well with those guys like Alex England. I think would kill it,
0: yeah, not for, kill for it in the bad
1: way, like kill it as in like do great, yeah,
0: for two and for two reasons. And tell me if you agree or disagree. One, he has the knowledge base and the means to provide the eccentric care that that species needs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he does snakes for a living. So he's not going to the cubicle nine to five and then going home and having to deal with the Hispada. So, I mean, and and I'll be bold and cocky and say I kept Hispada and I had no problems with them at all. But if I was going to keep one now, just one, I would probably get rid of a handful of snakes simply so that I could focus on that snake. It needs more focus. Is it impossible? No. Is it a pain in the ass? Yes. Is it rewarding? Absolutely. So you have to weigh you have to weigh those pros and cons. I
1: know? just I look at them the same way I look at like dragon snakes. Same way I look. I don't see anybody ever keeping Sibon. Yeah, know, those those snail eaters and stuff down there. And it's just mm-hmm. mud snakes, rainbow yeah. snakes. Like you don't see people keeping that stuff. And I think there's just there's there's always going to be and it's not going to be a a super long list, but there's always going to be a handful of animals that you're just, you're never going to see in the hobby. And it's just because they just, they, they require either too much. They're too specific. Um, or they're just, they're not, it's just not meant to be.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll bring up two examples that come to mind real quick. The first one is Matt most with his red stripes. Yes. So that's a species that as we would say back in the day, it dies really well right It's just like its sole purpose in life is just to die in your care okay he has taken the time to work with as many wild-caught specimens as he can to figure out what he needs to do for for husbandry what he needs to do for uh food and what, he needs, to do, what he needs to do for medical care because they come in jacked up mm. right and oh i can't use this dewormer cuz it takes away too much good stuff yeah and it kills it you know things like that and now he's got it dialed into the point where he's breeding them he's excuse me producing a captive bred animal that is infinitely better than the wild yeah stuff. i was going
1: to say and guess what the captive bred mm-hmm. stuff
0: is really easy to keep exactly it just And how it, many
1: animals did he have to kill to figure that out over time like that's just that's yeah. one of those things that someone has to be the guy that's going to that's going to be at the sure. you know d- driving that bus on some species yeah. you know they like Trooper Walsh I think was a big part of Green Trees with that and learning how to keep those alive in captivity and right you know there's a lot all those species that Matt's keeping man Like yeah. no one's I don't think anyone's ever put in as much time with as many different species as he has in terms of getting stuff established and and on
0: on track mm-hmm. the other one I was going to say is um, hold on one second while I pull up. Trying to pull up the screen but Google is yelling at me. Um yeah it's like many, not it's not letting me load certain pages. How Damn many so people
1: bought some of those those red stripes and they ended up dying and they were like yeah I'm never doing those again. Yeah and it's yeah. because they you know they didn't either they didn't give it the full attention it needed or they completely half assed trying to figure it out. You know it was an impulse by they're like those look cool and then they get it and a month later it's rolled and they're like oh well
0: yeah so another another one that and the same topic is, and maybe I'm contradicting my previous statement with what I'm about to say, but um, so uh, I'll give you a brief story. recently a uh, a friend imported some stuff from Africa and a a stiletto came in and it was it was on an accident and it was just on death's door Man. and uh, yeah. And he's like, hey, man, do, do you want this thing? Like, it's, it's probably going to die. But, like, if it survives the weekend, like, do you want it? And I said, absolutely. Um, because I've actually been – you know, I'm an African kid, right? So I've actually been Those, looking I – mean,
1: They're really cool. They're
0: that's really a, cool.
1: Weird, weird group of snakes.
0: Right, super weird. And that's what appealed to me the most is, A, it's African. B, I've worked with them before many, many moons ago when, we were, when I was doing import-export stuff. And C, I really want to try my hand at a difficult species mm-hmm. that I have kept before and was fairly successful. I didn't keep them personally. I kept them at at the wholesaler. Um, and most of them, you know, sold relatively quickly. So I didn't have as much experience as I could. But I was like, you know what? That is a species that I really want to get into. Um, so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. And it went up passing away. I never got the snake. But I wound up. Messaging Nathaniel Frank mm-hmm. saying hey man uh, this is a very long question but any tips if I do get this one that hey, this is before it died if I do get this one before it croaks um, any tips on bringing it back up to speed and he basically replied with look I would love to tell you but this is way way more we need to have an actual phone call for this one <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, I knew he was going to say that because I, I asked a, a dumb question. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you paint a house? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you dip the brush in paint. Like, no, I, I know there's more to the question. Yeah, so how do you build a, a car? Yeah, exactly. Like, we'll, we'll have that conversation later on. I'm sure. Um, it's also a lot better now because I mean, the thing died, so I got all the time in the world to, to pick the Nathaniel's brain. But just doing that messaging him, it made me really think. Like, we used to just throw them in a large deli cup yep. with with cocoa fiber, and that was it. Like no heat, no nothing, and I'm wondering like that can't be the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. That could be a way to keep it alive, keep it going. You know what I mean? But that yeah. can't, that's not how it is in the wild. There has to be more to this. So I've gone down the rabbit hole. Um, I bought the edition Chimera Burrowing Asp Bible, so I got that coming in the mail. Um, they
1: have a whole book on those on just yeah, the they track as
0: yeah, it, well, it's, it's Actractaspis, and it's all the species of Actractaspis from Africa and the Middle East, and then all of the similar species of snake, oh. uh, like the African centipede eaters and some of the uh, 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 burrowing colubroids, mm-hmm. so it covers all those. It's a white cover, so um, I'm sure it won't be the most enthusiastic of books, but I'm, I'm, I'm very eager to get that book. because uh, like Eating a bucket of sand. I love it. I really want, I really want Bibroni again. I think that would be really cool. So, and we'll see. Again, I could get these animals and they, I could hate them. I could say, you know what? I was a young, dumb kid and I thought they were cool and these species are not for me. But again, I have the ability to call Nathaniel and be like, hey, bro, this isn't working. You want some more snakes for the Venom line? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I have the ability to do that. So uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that that's probably what I'll wind up doing. is I'm going to do as much homework as I can because let's face it, they don't come in the country often. No. Um, and when I do have the ability to get them, I'll get them and hopefully I'll be more than ready with my arsenal of, of knowledge for it. So
1: I don't, I mean, those don't strike me as something that would be terribly difficult. I think it's getting them established yeah. and sort of like adjusted to captivity after that. I feel sure. like they'd, they'd be pretty, pretty
0: straightforward. Well, I mean, what we did was uh, we had them, like I said, we got large deli cups, the the standard reptile show deli, right? I'd fill it halfway through with uh, uh, damp cocoa husk, right? Throw the snake in. It would burrow. And then once a week, I would miss the side of the cage that was whatever side of the tub that looked the driest. And I mean, I would just give a couple spritzes. It would obviously drink that dew. And then we'd throw in a fuzzy because they were always small. Yeah. Throwing a fuzzy. The next morning the fuzzy would be gone. If the fuzzy was still there, I'd put an annul in. And the next day the annul would be gone. So like it wasn't rocket science, but I know that if I'm gonna keep it myself, it is going to, I have to be much better than doing that. That's just that's mm-hmm. just half-assing it. So
1: I just I see those doing really well on like a nice thick layer of aspen and then you know nest rating basically like trying to figure out a way to yeah. sort of formulate a little sort of nest setup that you could just throw some fuzzies into and, and have them, yeah. you know, do their thing. Cause. Mm-hmm.
0: I also think that it, what, what, do. what I was thinking in my mind was doing, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, if I could get probably like, I was thinking actually doing a glass aquarium, a glass 20 long with the sliding screen, you know, so I could still put a lock on it. So no one's going to, you know, open mm-hmm. it um because let's face it they it ain't climbing out you know i don't um, know
1: man those, if there are any like the kenyan Samboas aren't supposed to be climbers either but a lot of people have those get out somehow
0: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you got a point for all i know i could be talking about my butt um, but my thought process was doing uh essentially as a, a, a traditional bioactive enclosure where you have you know your your bio balls in the bottom your screen mesh and then some kind of abg mm-hmm. or something and then a bunch of leaf litter but then i started doing more homework and i'm like well the ones that we got in the past were tanzanian right and they they seem to do good on that that fluff right the eco eco earth or cocoa husk but what if i get something that's more arid because you know Bibroni come all over Eastern Africa. I was so, going to
1: say, the ones that I've seen videos of, they were in yeah. like savannas, like dry, right. like ex- underneath ex- hay and stuff like that. And,
0: exactly. So I think it's really going to be important for me to learn as lo- locality as best as I can, or at least mm-hmm. country of origin. You know what I mean? So, and now we know, have- I would
1: think if the range is that big, they're fairly adaptable, I would assume. but
0: Yeah, I mean, but who knows? You know? I mean, you look at like Eastern Diamondbacks. Eastern Diamondbacks are arguably the most- Uh, versatile snake in North America because it can live in extremely dry, higher elevation palmetto scrub, but it can also live in a a below sea level bayou Mm -hmm. swamp, you know, in, in, in Louisiana. So you have tons of versatility. Now, if I took an Eastern diamondback that's used to brackish water from the Florida Keys and I stuck it in South Carolina, it probably isn't going to do too hot, but there are Eastern diamondbacks in South Carolina that do phenomenal. So I don't I don't know it's something I'm gonna have to really look into. Yeah, but I'm excited. There
1: has to be some level of adaptability, otherwise they'd be extinct.
0: That's true. That is true. So, but I was actually I was thinking about that a lot lately, and then my buddy called me and told me about that. I was like, man, now now I'm gonna do my homework, and I think that might be the next thing. So even if I just get one as a pet, yeah, you know? they'd
1: be fun. Yeah, it'd they're, be cool. they're they're cool snakes. I mean, they're so unassuming yeah. looking, but yeah. Just absolute beasts,
0: yeah. And uh, in all the ones that I've ever played with, or not played with, but you know what I mean, all the ones I've ever worked with, none of them have ever been the crazy pinwheel defense that you see on. Oh, really? I've never seen one do that. So I don't know if you know, taking them out of the wild kind of breaks them, or maybe maybe I didn't maybe I wasn't threatening enough you know, because I mean, let's be real. I'm not, I'm not stepping on them. I'm not molesting them in any way. I'm just hooking them, single hooking them with a hook. They, I mean, even the ones I remember like they, they wrote a hook really well. So. I mean, I do you ever,
1: do you ever see that uh, Mike Clarkson got bit by one years ago? Oh really? I didn't know that. Years and years ago. It was on a, there was an animal planet show that was, I was bitten. I think they only did like one season of it and Mike was on that and it was his, he got bit by a stiletto. Okay. I'll have to see if there's a YouTube clip of it or something. But he talked about just that was he said it was excruciating. I can imagine. You know, his he got I think he got hit on the thumb, and his Mm -hmm. thumb just started slowly just rotted off down to the bone. Oof. They ended up I think having to like graft it to his groin or something. Um.
0: Yeah, that's rough. It
1: was yeah, it was it was ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and I know uh, Nathaniel got hit by one too, right? I don't know, did he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did, but he had anti venom on hand. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he had a wild ride even with the anti venom. So, <clears throat> yeah, Henry con- Ken- Henry yeah. concurred. Um, I-, I actually just found Yeah, this photo. That is
1: why you ask Mike to give you the thumbs up. Anytime I see a post <laughs> about stilettos, I tag Mike and I'm like, Are you getting Vietnam flashbacks right now?
0: <laughs> you hear the <laughs> choppers and Creedence clear water in the background. <laughs> that's good this is um here I actually I forgot I had this picture I just pulled this up this is the biggest one I ever played with this is actually a medium deli cup when I worked at Strictly Uh, can you see it?
1: no I just see a white box next to our little boxes below the main screen
0: you there? yeah did I lose you? I don't think so uh-oh. I
1: cannot hear you. Can you see me moving? Uh oh. Rutro raggy Can you hear me now? Phil. Phil. Nothing? Can you guys hear me in the chat? Uh Oh. Scott, blink twice if you can hear me. Bill? Billy? Oh, okay. Cool. He'll be back. Yeah, the stiletto snakes, man. Those are, those are wild, wild little critters. Speaking of things that got loose, I walked into my room earlier and I looked at my hatchling rack and I had one female subok sitting there peeking at me, like watching me. No clue how she got out. I thought it was kind of funny. Bug-eyed freak was just like, hello. Let me see if he's texting me. I just kind of laughed. Like, I saw it and I was like, what are you doing? I was like, how did you get there? Oh, coleonics. Nice. Bill said kids didn't close the water monitor uh, cage after their show on Sunday. It was still in the room, thanks to the door sweep. Yeah, I just put her back, and I don't... I don't, she's never, like, that's the first time she's, she's gotten out. So I don't know if maybe it just, like, maybe I didn't close the tub all the way. I, I don't know what, what was going on. So who knows? Let me go check again later. But
0: let me see if is back. I don't know what happened. I went to share the Facebook page and dude, the, you the- got zucked, man. Dude, Google Chrome and Safari are both telling me that I can't look at this page and I can't look at that page. Then my internet cocks out. Then the screen goes black, and I was like, what is this? Um, so, yeah, I got, I got sucked. But what did I miss?
1: Uh, I was talking about how I walked into my room earlier, and my female sub was in my hatching rack just staring at me from outside one of the, like, shelves.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I love it.
1: Kind of, it made me giggle a little bit. I was like, "What the, what the hell are you doing, dude?"
0: Nice, nice. Just like I don't know. Nice. So this is a uh, <laughs> this is not a subak. This is a babron actor Daspus Babroni um, that I thought was actually probably the biggest one I've ever seen. That's a medium deli cup. It was a it was a pretty thick, probably about the same size as a a, a two year old or maybe three year old corn snake.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but I like this one because there was no belly pattern. I mean, you can kind of see a little bit in the middle of that loop, yeah. but it was almost entirely black. So I thought that was cool, but
1: yeah. Scott, you have to use lids. If anything gets out in, in y'all's room, it's like probably going to kill you.
0: I would say it probably is. <clears throat> so, but yeah, I think that the, I like I want, I want to try the, the because I feel it is a challenging species, but at the same time I have a resource to gain extra knowledge and or pawn off the animal if I had to, right? Um, but I do think that I would prefer to have a bigger collection of easier to keep stuff, at least stuff that's already dialed in that I could um, expand their their care and husbandry in the best way I could. And thanks God, by the way. Congratulations on the Taipans.
1: My rack has lids because of Justin's stories. (laughs) That's good. So glad I could inspire.
0: Yep. Lids and shims, baby.
1: I still, (laughs) yeah, I don't know how she got out because that tub, I don't recall not having that tub closed all the way, and I know she was in there just the other day, so.
0: Was it cracked
1: open? No, I don't think so. No, not that I recall.
0: Because I was going to say is there's a chance where, I've, you know, like uh, a retics are infamous for it, where they'll like push against all the walls, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've seen it where like a corn snake or a rat snake pushed open a tub with like the middle of their body just because they were stretching and it happened to push the drawer open, which is why I'm such a, even if the drawer snug, I use those wood shims. Because those things are legit lifesavers. So
1: Yep, she was just chilling on the hatchling rack. And just like her little head was just sitting outside and I walked in and she just kinda looked at me and I was like, What the hell are you doing, man? <laughs>
0: you found hey, at me. Least, at least it was in the room. That's right. Dude, she was just cruising the cut, bruh. Yeah.
1: I was, hey, I kinda laughed because I was like, You of all the animals would be up in like the most cliff cut like yeah feature in the room yep
2: she was just it wasn't air holes.
1: i don't i mean the like so where the handle is on that rack there is like a, a a hole but she's never gotten out of that before like she was smaller and she never got out of it so the only thing yeah. i can think of is maybe i just didn't close it all the way and well I, you got you know, the camera in the room don't you yeah but it's not plugged in right now oh okay i was gonna say just a whole lot of good there rewind you know
0: be kind. Rewind. It was a great movie.
1: Do <laughs> so you ever? I uh, wanted to talk about Vipera a little bit.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know. I was looking through pictures for the graphics, and I was like, you know, we don't talk about them a whole lot. And I was wondering, like, what your experience was like with them. If you ever kept like amidite's and some of the other stuff.
0: I have. Um, so <clears throat> there was once a time when how do I phrase this? Okay. So like there was so many different phenotypes of ammodytes on the market that it really was the only Vipera that you saw. Um, I mean, it, it still was, is
1: at least in the States. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and like
0: you do see other stuff. Um, just not as frequently. Not as frequently. And I feel like all those different phenotypes, those are either gone or they've been replaced with other species now. Um, mm-hmm um and i was never really keen on them it just wasn't my thing Uh, i think back in the day the montane thing kind of messed with my head a little bit and i was like oh it's my rooms too because like my back when i did work with them you know like my room was like 80 degrees all the time and it was all african stuff and like i don't don't know i just i never got into it now you know marcus has a pair of emidites and dude, those things are so freaking cool they are so cool you know and like he has a female that's a baby that's adorable, and then he has a male that's like a, a year and a half two-year-old male, it's, it's breeder size, and the thing is so angry, it's the most defensive <laughs> snake like in his whole room. He's a wall of sarasty sarastis, not a single one of them gives a shit nearly as much as that one Amidites. <laughs> and uh I think they're gorgeous, man. I just I just never I just never got into them. I give them mad respect. Now I will say this. One species that is 110% on my world bucket list, and this is so left field for me, is I want to go to Finland, or I want to say it's Finland, it might be Sweden, or it might be both, and the melanistic Viparaburus. Have you seen the blue ones? Dude, the blue ones, is it, they come out of Sweden? I are think Are the blue so. ones? Dude. Dude, and like I have some friends that are uh, venomous guys in Denmark and they'll they'll drive up for like a long weekend and just it all it is is just blue vipers blue vipers and that would be a hell of a trip hell of a trip I'm you know?
1: talking to like Nipper did an article on them and it sounds like yeah burs are actually kind of tough to keep.
2: Like really? They're and, actually but, not
1: that simple. Like as common as they are, he 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 swears that they need like outdoor enclosures over there. Like they they do not seem to do well in in sort of cage like typical cages.
0: Yeah. Uh, the uh, are they the they're the most widely spread as well, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, got, they cover like twelve countries, right?
1: Yeah, they're almost like the, the Dion's, and the fact that it's like there's just a band that goes from like
0: Estonia all West the way to, to England, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're, they're also the only British viper, right? Or British yes. venomous.
1: yeah, right. I've talked to yeah. Nipper about them because me and him have talked about Vipera a good bit, and mm-hmm. he I remember him telling me that the Burris just for whatever reason, I guess, compared to Amadides, they're they're considerably more difficult and i don't know man my favorite out of all those aside from the amiodides is kaznikovi
0: i knew you were gonna Without say that
1: yeah dude that is just we've talked about those before on here we've yeah. showed pictures yeah that's a whole group that i feel like is really i, I mean it's I, a lot of it i'm sure has to deal with the lack of availability here in the states but that's sure super overlooked and i've Seems to me that it's almost like a like an Echistradon sort of thing where people are like, yeah, they all kind of look similar. There's really nothing. They're not sexy yeah. enough, kind of thing, except for Amidites sort of being the exception. Um, I don't know. I just I love I love the the variation in the Amidites. If we ever go over and see Nipper, we've talked about going to Greece and
0: like finding some. Oh yeah. And, uh, and dude, like there's somewhere like Southern Romania. That have mm-hmm. like the most crazy geometric patterns, and you know I've got a, uh, I have uh, snakes of Europe that Nipper actually gave me. Uh, the photos in that book are just insane. You don't expect this stuff to be in Europe, you just don't. And uh, one of my favorites is uh, the Teralog, uh, Venomous Snakes of Europe, and it's I still I want Venomous all Snakes those of books. Europe, dude. I want all of them. I haven't bought the Australia one yet. Scott, don't kill me. Um, but I really I need to get the the, the uh, uh, venomous snakes of Australia and I think Oceana too I think they call mm-hmm. it, but in in the <clears throat> excuse me in the teralog book for Europe there's one picture of an Amidites from southern Austria, and it is bone white with jet black zigzags mm-hmm. and a blood red tail. It is the stormtrooper of vipers. Looking snakes,
1: man. Yeah. Yeah and I, I've, I've heard they're also surprisingly hot compared to other members of, of the Vipara group. They're, they're oh yeah,
0: pretty potent little suckers, man. Very much so. People give them, give them a, a, a weak reputation because they're European or they're small and it's like, no, man, you will die. Very <laughs> well. <laughs> so
1: just see if we could find a bite report on those because that'd be interesting to read. We've had people yeah. wanting to bring us bring back the bite report thing, and we keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. Yeah,
0: we, we need to. We need to. And even if we don't do, I mean, there's there's plenty of bite reports, and so we could probably do a bite report and this, but I was also thinking about doing, uh, in lieu of or in addition to, um, clinical effects of certain venoms or certain species, because we read these clinical diagnoses of a, a particular envenomation and it's a shitload of medical jargon
2: mm-hmm.
0: so i was actually thinking about taking the time and to bust out the old glossary and 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 my uh my thesaurus and find out you know what some of these terms mean break them down laymanize them as the best i can and kind of give an idea you know Yep. Oh, this blah 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 means high blood pressure. <laughs> so.
1: This one means you're bleeding out of your rectum.
0: Yep, that'll happen.
1: I uh, got those. Uh, I got a, these these bimaculata from from the craw daddy. Yeah, and they're freaking awesome.
0: I saw a picture you posted. Was today or yesterday?
1: You, yesterday, I think. They're in, they're in quarantine. I've already fed them, I think, twice. Yeah, I fed them again today, but they're cool.
0: Yeah, very even cool. As, man.
1: Even yeah. as closely related to the deons as they are, they're still like having both now and not, you know, being that these are adults and not babies and having them compared to my Dion's, are, they are different.
0: You know, they're. Yeah. I honestly I think I like the Pomaculata better. I think I do too. Um, just visually you know yeah um there was once a time where you could give me the Pepsi challenge and I couldn't tell you which one was which but uh just watching you watching most you know looking at messengers book and stuff mm-hmm. and uh i think i, I like the about my a lot more i think they're cooler they don't get as big as the Onis either right
1: no I mean these are i was actually something i was talking to messenger about the other day um because the pair that I got from from Zach are supposed to be like five years old and Really? The biggest one of the two is, I won't say half the size of the, the Beijing female <laughs> Diones, but... Wow. This is the one you smaller. were holding in your hand? Um, no, that was the baby Diones. Okay, okay. If you're talking about the that was the picture I posted today. Yeah, that's the Siberian Beijing baby. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I I haven't really played with the bottom a lot too much. I took some pictures, I think, yesterday, but... Um, they're neat i like them
0: yeah i um, i always considered the bimaculata like in my mind to me i felt like they and i could be completely wrong i felt like they filled the role of like where we have a decay where you have this fossorial fairly stout colubrid that you know is not it's not taking the prey of say you know, a, a, a good or something or, 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 or Right. It's doing all the stuff that that one, that the Lafe is not doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I thought they're, I think they're pretty nifty. man.
1: Yeah. It's Billy sent me a PDF on them, like on maculata specifically. That was really good. I mean, there's really not a ton of information out there on them aside from sort of the like standard size, standard diet. Uh, there's not a lot of, a lot of detailed information on them. And that's why I like messengers book so much because it, you know, even the species that we don't even really see in the hobby here, you know, they're still laid out in that book as far as care and stuff like that. And I mean, it's usually, it's pretty brief, but
0: yeah. Did you, um, where did you post that picture of the, I was on Facebook or Instagram. I can't remember.
1: Let me see. So, there is a picture of one of the Bimaculata on Instagram.
0: On Pomino Coast? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, the one in your hand, it was the Dion's. Sorry. Yeah, that's the Dion's. Yeah. Uh, All right, here it is. I got it. Sharing. See if this thing crashes again. There we go. Yeah, man, that thing's awesome.
1: Yeah, and I need to get some outdoor pictures of them because you really can't see the detail. Because they're twin-spotted rat snakes. And actually, from that PDF that Billy sent me, there's like three or four different forms of bimaculata, one of them being the stripe form like that, <clears throat> where it's still there are still like twin spots down the back that's just so dark because they're in that dark stripe, the dark stripe yeah. on, on the side that you can't even really see them. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, like, you know, if you know what to look for, you can see, like, one, two, three, four, five. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You have that secondary row. See? It's down there. You know, but even – I'm sure it has to do with the lighting, too, because, like, you totally lose them back here. But they have great head, man. Great head. Very Asian rat head. You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think you can you can really tell the difference in them when they're babies in the Diones compared to the the bimaculata too. Like that's when it's sort of obvious. Sure. The, the Diones baby, they you know they look like the one that I posted. The bimaculata look a little more. They're lighter in color and their their pattern is considerably
0: different. So. Yeah, here's the uh, Dione baby. There.
1: That little thing's a monster with food too. Nice.
0: I I love how the spots are offset. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like you can see here, it's it's every other band, I guess you call it. And then you still have this faint lateral line.
1: Yeah, it's just, got that weird breaks fade it up
0: from like that gold on the top to
1: the yeah, and you know Scott says wouldn't that wouldn't that niche be filled by Glodius, which is funny because it it would, and the way they strike is so much like the Glodius and a on It's it's kind of comical, really. Because it's that like very short, like maybe not even like third of the body, like first third of the body. It's like the neck, and it's just that
0: little snap. Yeah, but see, I can agree with you that it would be, but to me, like let's compare. Let's compare this to North American species just because that's what we're we're comparing a kisturda on such. If I'm gonna put uh say uh uh lafay Carnata on, on the top on the top of that predatory list, right? And then I've got Glodius in the middle. Well, you know, we, we've got uh Pantherophis in North America, then you've got Know a kistrodon in the middle, then you still have your 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 below species, which would be what I was considering that fossorial leaf litter or whatever. I feel like that fits into that more. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, <clears throat> I'm talking
1: about more in the context of like mimicry, and then okay sort of filling that 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 void a little more, just like that that new species that they found recently that mimics the uh, the proto that Jared and I. So well, which species is that? You
0: didn't see that? What? I don't. I don't know. It's a, it's an, it's newly described or new yeah, found? yeah, yeah.
1: Bo, bo, uh, newly found.
0: Really? What is it? Let me see.
1: I'm trying to remember. I feel what... like I missed this. There's no way you did because I was talking about it for a week straight.
0: Well, I also had the uh, the nameless virus. So. Well,
1: this this was also like three
0: months ago. Well, then I'm just forgetful. I'm sorry. You just suck. Yep, that'll happen. Uh... <laughs> Bill says, small colubrids with rings. Skaluck for us. <laughs> he loves his banded little noodles.
1: Yeah, I just sent it to you on through text. A picture of the the... Jordan, and I mimic.
0: Dude, I don't remember that. How do you that not is, remember that? I it's don't like, remember that. That is awesome. They're it's sharing the freaking this. coolest thing.
2: It we talked about it on the
0: cool. show. I don't remember that, bro. Look at this thing. I would remember this. That is impressive.
1: Let me see if I can look. I need to look at what the scientific name was. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's a Lafe. Shut up, acrobat. Elafe Xiphodonta.
0: Elafe Xiphodonta. That's pretty cool. And this is recently found? Yeah. Wow, that's great. but it's
1: called that because the dentition on these is is considerably different from other alaefe. Okay. Um, because they have some some teeth. I'm trying to find the picture that are like they're wider, but they're flatter. I'm looking at the paper right now.
2: Mm.
1: Enlarged posterior cutting edges on both MT and DT there now and three rows of large black bordered rich brown dorsal blotches.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's a whole paper about it it's pretty, pretty damn sweet. Let me see if I can find the better pictures of it.
0: Very cool. I'm actually looking at other ones now. <coughs> Excuse me.
1: Xifodonta. The mimicry is just ridiculous, man. I send you picture.
0: Oh, man, now it's doing this. Uh, it's doing this thing with with Google again. It's not letting me look at stuff.
1: Johnny Barrett had a question. He said, how's it going? I have an ethics question. If someone sells you a missexed animal, what can the customer reasonably request to make it right, and how far should the seller go to make them happy?
0: It's um, difficult. I think it depends on the relationship and it depends on the terms and it depends on how bad of a mess up it was. I mean, if it's something that's incredibly difficult to, to sex, I mean, you know, if it's like a corn snake, well then, hey, you got to make right on this. Either, you know, pay for the shipping back or, you know, send another snake and come to some kind of compromise. I mean, it depends on, you just have to talk to the seller, right, Justin?
1: Yeah. Uh, is your reputation worth the hassle of a miss sex snake?
0: I mean, I wouldn't even go so far as your reputation as much as you, the, the ball's in your court, providing that the seller wants to play ball. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can only do so much. There's some people that you're just you're they're gonna, yeah they're gonna try and squeeze as much out of you as you can, and at some point you do have to sort of draw a line. But for something like that, it's
2: right. You know, and I mean, it's, I, I
1: guess it's, it's pretty easy fix. It's either you give them money back or you give them another snake. You know, it's
0: yeah, or or if you really want to do the whole shipping and swapping thing, because your heart's set on this one particular species. I mean, you do what you gotta do. Um, I don't know. I've also I've also been guilty of waiting too long, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. I bought what was a pair, and to me it looked like a pair. I didn't probe it; I just eyeballed it. I was like, "That is that's a that's a good pair." And then a year later, I put them together, and nothing happens. And I was like, "What the heck?" And I probe, and I'm like, "I got two boys. Great, you know. Mm -hmm. That's my fault. I'm not gonna call the guy a year later." You know what I mean? That's that's my own fault. For doing yeah, that. if so. it's
1: like a week, that's one thing. But if you're coming back to me after like a month and you're like, hey, these aren't sex rights. I mean, yeah, I'll probably still work with you in some capacity to figure something out. But it's like, if you come back to me a year later, it's like, bro, you had all the time in the world to figure that yeah. out. That's on yeah. you.
0: Yeah, and he says, uh, uh, you wanted a female and you get a male. Uh, find out it's not. So now you're out eggs and project specific. I don't look at it like that because there was no guarantee you were going to get eggs. There was no guarantee that, you know, anything was going to happen. This is all future endeavors per se. So if it's, if you bought a snake on a Monday, you got the snake on Tuesday, Tuesday night, you found that it's the wrong gender, Well, then you, you, you fix things. But you can't say, at least in my opinion, you can't say, dude, you sent me a male and I wanted a female. Now I'm out all this money and time. Well, no, because you, you didn't do any of it yet. You know what I mean? It's a mistake. Things happen. Now, there could be a guy or, or someone who's like, hey, watch this, and then you never hear from him again. Well, that's what it sucks. It's the internet. So I think communication is key. Try and talk to the person say, hey, man, I wanted a, a, a boy, and you shipped me a girl. What, what are we going to do? How, do? how do we want to do this, as they say in corporate world, moving forward? Me, I mean, you concur? Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's it also, you know, buying from the
0: right people. Yeah, yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I agree. I agree a wholeheartedly. Uh, let me share this photo of the comparison. Yeah, that's. Don't tell me that's not mimicry. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, that's not a coincidence. Yeah. You don't get that acid green with that burgundy yeah. by,
0: by accident. Yeah. It would be really cool to have those Olafe. That thing is super cool. It, how cool would it be to have both of them in the same enclosure? That would be cool. Show the difference. you know. Providing that the Jirada doesn't eat the Olafe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
0: know? <clears throat> um... Just going, to, right. <laughs> Just going back to Bothrops, uh, right? Just going back to Bill Um I was again <clears throat> reading up on on Actric Thaspis and a species that's usually lumped in with them. I always I butcher this scientific name. Homorleyaps, Homorilaps. Which is the African harlequin snakes,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I was like, I was like, this is not, this is not this. This looks like a, a a centipede eater, and it's just crazy that an entire world away on a different continent, you have a snake that is so similar. So here is Scutelocophis, which is the centipede eater from South America, and this is what Bill keeps. I don't know exactly which species Bill has, but
1: speaking of headaches.
0: <laughs> well, and that and again, this is perfect because this is Bill has a wide collection and he has these animals. He has quite a few of them that are extremely difficult and very specific husbandry, but he's dialing it in, he's focusing on it, and it's not affecting anything else. And I think that's fantastic. So he's getting the best of both worlds, right? Um, but there's that. And then here is the um, African Harlequin. I wish I could do a bigger split screen just to kind of do the comparative contrast. Yeah. It's so similar, even the head structure. So obviously they have um,
1: more. Surely they weren't just released over there.
0: Yeah. Right. So, just thought that was nifty. Hopefully, Bill's still watching. He is. Okay. Good. He said,
1: Excellent. "Killer stripe on the African species." Oh, nice.
0: There we go. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, I'm eager to. Uh, I'm hoping. I'm. I'm praying that Bill has been documenting. Every step of his centipede eating program, project, whatever you want to call it, because I think that would be a fantastic article for Herbiculture Mike.
1: It surely would.
0: Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Billy. So, yeah, I think that would be awesome, because... I know Underground got a lot of those in. I know they sold a lot of them. And uh, I know just from talking to my roommate, you know, he vividly would say, you are aware these are subterranean species. You're not going to see them. And they only eat centipedes. And they, they sold them. So it's not for due diligence, you know. So hopefully other people are, you know, doing what Bill's doing.
1: I want some
0: knockschlagen.
1: Okay. The Those I saw some at Daytona, man. They were cool. I was so tempted. But I was like, I ah, just not
0: dealing with... Well, what bothers me is we saw them at Daytona, and we know exactly how they got there. Those were not cat bread. bred That was some dude drove down from West Texas. And, like, I just... I don't know. I just... I know that having been there and seen it, and, you know, it's... It's not the same, man, and that like goes back to like talking about like crayfish snakes. Mm-hmm. Crayfish snakes are awesome snakes, and they're awesome pet snakes, but no one can feed them unless correctly.
1: you're the craw daddy.
0: Unless you're the craw daddy. Right. So
1: I just that's uh, when you know talking about Texas. That was that was probably one of my favorite species that we found, man. Those little night snakes were so cool.
0: Yeah, man, and it's like a an, blast, and you didn't have the enthusiasm of say a rattlesnake or a rat snake or a king snake, but we still loved finding every single one you know yeah. and yeah, then that never... that that last little um uh, uh, tentilla that Doc found mm-hmm. dude, I had never seen anything like that. He's like, yeah, this thing's probably three years old and it's literally the length of my finger like. Amazing. And to think like that little creature lives on that one side of the highway. Yep. And it has no idea that the rest of the world is out there. Like just um, amazing. Amazing. The knocks. The
1: Nockschlagen. <sighs> oh man. I will actually, never be able to look at one of those and not hear that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I um I actually messaged stone earlier um about because they're going back out to i don't know i don't know if it's arizona or they're going back out to west texas but i'm pretty sure they leave this weekend uh to go do some more desert adventures so i look bobby rock bobby rock What, what was what was it uh uh Bobo Pebbles or
1: something. <laughs> Bobby
0: Pebbles. In Bobby is Pebbles. <laughs> that's it. Bobby Pebbles. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I got to, uh, I got to re-listen to that Student of the Serpent from before our trip with, uh, with the guy who does all the Alterna and stuff. And it's crazy, man, because like now that we've been there, like you hear about like Alpine and Sanderson and, you know, Mm-hmm. And, and, like, we've been there. Like, that's amazing. You know, how many times...
1: You saw the stuff with the the Haitians in Del Rio. The only thing I think about, oh. is like, that's the worst chilies in the
0: country. <laughs> dude, how about... Del dude, Rio. I don't even remember seeing a bridge in Del Rio. Dude, we, remember when we went to the Mexican place for food right before we went... Right before we left South yeah. Texas and went... I vividly got that text message... From Verizon Wireless, saying,
2: Welcome "Thank you for thank
0: you for visiting Del Rio. Welcome to Mexico. <laughs> Press pound for your extended minutes. Blah 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 blah." And like, we were there, man. We were there. So
1: this is the biggest disappointment of of the Chili's.
0: Yeah, well, we were there. That's all that matters. <laughs> I think it's funny. The first thing that we did upon arriving in Texas, was go to Chili's in Del Rio. <laughs> uh,
1: I made it very clear that it did not have to be a priority by any
0: means. But uh, yeah, of, course listed, so of course it did. Of course it did. Like, look, I'm just alone for the ride. Look, it had to be, we had to go to Chili's, and I'm really glad that we went through the, like, Loma Alta area, even though we didn't find any rat snakes, but... I think that was that was quintessential for for Justin Smith and his endeavors. So
1: you can't go to Texas and not go to a Chili's, right?
0: That's true. Um, it actually, what's funny is I uh, I was talking to somebody about uh, you know we were talking about something at work, and I realized I never uploaded any of the photos to Facebook. You know, normally when I do a herp trip, I'll come home and I'll edit stuff, and then I'll make like a, a folder on my photo albums. Of all the photos from the Herb trip. And I didn't do that for Texas. So I have to go through. and, and I got to do that with little captions. and I like doing that stuff. It's fun.
1: So who was that? Uh, someone was asking where do we stay when we go to West Texas. And I almost said Stripes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, who was it? Was it Dustin? No. Yeah, it was. Was it Dustin? Yeah.
1: So where do yeah. you guys stay when you go to West Texas? Stripes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Oh, man. Mrs. Baird's Donuts. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: That's how you knew. It's like, that's... that's. There's no way that's a coincidence, either.
0: Yeah. People know. Of course. Texas
1: Uh, knows what's up.
0: Texas knows what's up. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Well, (sighs) anything else that you wanted to cover tonight, sir?
1: Uh, I don't think so, Scott said. Are you surprised that wild still come in? He said, "Reptile people lie."
0: No, no, I'm not surprised at all. In fact, I I have no problem with wild stuff as long as it's the right species done right. You know what I mean? And and that it's made abundantly clear. Hey, this is field. Yeah, collected. full disclosure. Full disclosure. I mean, I can't do half of my more shit. Two thirds of my collection right now is field collected. And they're all doing impure. They're all doing tip top. So, you know, keep on trucking. Actually, the more I think about it, let me, let me, let me, let me put, let me put some, some, some brain cells together for a second. Um, actually, everything. No, that's a lie. Every, one, two,
1: three, four. Yeah, Scott, the one left we saw the entire trip was in a bucket with some people that were clearly taking that home.
0: Yeah, definitively poachers in a, in a protected area. Um, oh, we just found it right, right on the side of the road by the trash. Yeah. 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 I haven't seen oh, okay. one the
1: entire week, but all of a sudden, dude, there's one right here next to the swing on a yeah, public a, park. Yeah,
0: picnic table. A okay. picnic area so Give me a damn break of the venomous stuff i have four of my animals are captive bred everything else feel collected at some point but like my cobras my true cobras my nausea species i've had them all well, all of them over 10 years they're all at least nine to 12 years old you know so there's nothing there's nothing wrong with Field collected stuff, providing it's not protected, providing it is not damaging the ecosystem despite its its protection level, and providing that it's made aware upon sale and that the animals yeah. are being taken care of appropriately. So
1: That's why I have no issues with imported condos. I just have an issue with people getting their first condro being an imported condo, because it's yeah. Let me tell you. Can it be done? Absolutely. But Should it? You're going to be frustrated. It's probably going to end up in the freezer. Yeah.
0: Just because I can doesn't always mean I should.
1: Bobby Pebbles was a nickname for the the Risen Wu-Tang Clan. I forgot
0: about that. Scott would would know that. Scott would 100% know that. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, uh, anything else, sir? I don't believe so. Well, thank you everyone who partook in this evening's show.
1: This was episode 93. Brought to you by Gendra at Puget Sound Pythons. Check it them out. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Give them a follow. Give them a subscribe. Subscription?
0: Subscribe. Subscriptions. Give them a sub- Whatever. Click subscribe. Just subscribe to it. There's a bell. It has little lines on it. Just click it
1: hit the like button, share and subscribe and turn on notifications. All the stuff that every YouTuber ever will say. Yes.
0: yes. Make sure you give them a thumbs up, providing that you are not bitten by Atric Aspas.
1: Yes. <laughs> Finger melting good.
0: Finger melting good. Jesus, bro. Oh, <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> uh,
1: does this look infected?
0: Oh God. <laughs> private. (laughs) Smell that leg. Tell me if it's the (laughs) south of cheese. Jesus. (laughs) All right, y'all. Good night. Later.